Welcome to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Here are your hosts, Chris Forte and John Moises. I'm John Moises. That is Chris Forte. Live brave. This is the Humble Warrior Podcast. Welcome to the show. Hello, Humble Warriors. How are you doing today? I'm doing real well. Excited to talk about healthy hearts. I know. We've got another guest this week. Yes, and it's totally in line with our mission statement of creating a more loving universe, healing hearts. And we have someone here who specializes in doing that for a living. Yes, we are welcoming Dr. Joel Kahn, who is a plant-based cardiologist whose mission is to prevent 1 million heart attacks over the next two years. He is known as America's Holistic Heart Doc. He's a graduate of the University of Michigan, Go Blue, and has been in practice since 1990. He's recognized as one of the country's top doctors in cardiology, and he's an Amazon.com best-selling author of three books, The Whole Heart Solution, Dead Execs Don't Get Bonuses, and his newest book, The No BS Diet. Welcome to the show, Dr. Joel Kahn. Thank you very much. Very excited. We appreciate you coming on the show and being part of the Humble Warrior podcast. To start out, we want to get a little background on you and find out why did you decide to study medicine and focus in on cardiology? What led you down that path? Yeah, it was very early. I had a little murmur as a baby and had to go see a pediatric heart doc. Uh, during my childhood, and nothing bad happened. It all healed up. You can't say it was necessarily nutrition that healed that up. That was just uh, good karma. But it got me very interested. I wasn't from a family of doctors, but I just kind of had a little exposure to early phase of medicine and uh, had a couple other thoughts along the way. Uh, family business was in the you know rankings and listings, but probably about age 15, I said, I'm not only going to be a doctor, I'm going to be a heart doctor. So pretty easy decision for me. Well, that's great to know at such a young age that that's what you're going to do. A lot of people struggle. I mean, we're still trying trying to figure out what we're supposed to do for the rest of our lives. But to hear that, can you tell us a little bit more about what brought you down that journey and kind of where you see what you want to do with helping people with their hearts and how important it is? Yeah, you know, I, I don't have this amazing story of uh, illness and recovery. I just had a couple bullet points in my life. One was that murmur. Mm-hmm. Number two, I met a cute girl when I was nine years old. She's now my wife of 35 years. So wow. That wow. kind of... Everything know, just folded early for yeah, you, Yeah, just arranged marriage. Uh, <laughs> third was first day of undergrad, University of Michigan. I was in this combined medical school, pre-medical program they used to have called Interflex. I'm 17 or 18 years old. I looked at the cafeteria. I said, I'm a vegetarian. Really, it was like that day. It's 39 years ago, and that's been the decision ever since, although it shifted to vegan about 30 years ago. Okay. It just was an instantaneous reaction to a whole lot of bad-looking stuff uh, without a lot of philosophical or spiritual connection to it. Okay. Survival. Uh, but it was very formative in my life because um, I had already been following what are called kosher laws. I knew there were foods I eat and foods I don't eat, and that has you know kind of worked its way into always thinking about food is a little bit more than just something you grab and stuff in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some spiritual connection from the beginning because of the rig- religious background. Uh, and as I became more into medicine and understood the connection between nutrition and health, it took on spiritual and health aspects. And uh, you know, food can be so festive and so wonderful, and it can be so destructive and so right. uh, damaging. So I've always been very interested in that. And, but then I basically went on a path of getting the best training I could, moved all over the country from native Detroit. Mm-hmm. 
and came back in 1990 and uh, was a hot shot, had uh, really good credentials, had published way more papers than most people and enjoyed writing, um, scientific writing, which is tough, um, and uh, just jumped into practice and kind of here and there would share with my patients my own kind of nutritional path and that I hadn't had a hamburger or chicken or eggs or dairy for, you know, probably about a decade at that point. Wow. Many decades now. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of waited for the science to catch up because there wasn't a ton of science behind it. I just knew I was feeling good. And I mean, right. I knew I wasn't getting weight and I wasn't on medicine and I had energy and I was up middle of the night, you know, many nights a week doing my crazy heart stuff on people having heart attacks. And then, then the science started to unfold and I became much more a student of nutrition for heart disease um, and uh, really started teaching people. But um, with a limited amount of time in a visit, I was waiting for resources. So uh, in 2006, the book China Study was published. I read it early, was profoundly moved by Dr. Campbell's science of uh, plant-based nutrition, started sharing that with patients. 2007, Dr. Esselstyn wrote a book called Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. It was profoundly, made it, I thought, pretty simple to adopt the lifestyle. Most people don't find it simple, but I thought it was pretty simple. And then um, it was around 2010, Forks Over Knives, or 2011, Forks Over Knives, the video came out, movie, uh, made it very easy to give people an introduction to the concept that disease was prevented and reversed by nutrition and kind of started speaking all over the place 10, 20 years ago as the only kind of health-oriented cardiologist in town at that time. Thank goodness there's a growing number that are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just the last bullet point, I went back to university about four years ago. I was so interested in all this. I said, I really need more formal nutrition, formal biochemistry training. Didn't stop practicing, just did it on weekends and nights. And it really charged me up. So I grabbed a book deal, started blogging. I mean, I blogged two, three, four times a week all over the internet, sometimes small places, sometimes Huffington Post that gets blasted right. all over the world and got a good first book deal. And it just, it's been fun rolling since because um, I love the one-on-one with a patient for an hour. But um, when I can reach 10 million people with a health piece, whether it's via book or a blog or a right. podcast, I mean, it's just, it's efficient. And there's a lot of health messages that are lacking and need to get out. So right. that's where I am now. And I mean, sprinkle along the way has always been good fitness, a lot of yoga thrown in, but a lot of other athletic pursuits. I'm not an athlete, but I make sure five, six times a week, the body's getting moved, sweated, saunaed, mm-hmm. supplemented. Um, exercise is good. Juice, exercise is good. Yeah. Exercise is good. Uh, standing desks in every mm-hmm. you know place <laughs> I can put them in. So it's been a fun journey because it's not that radical what I've learned, do, and teach. It's just unusual usual in a big medical complex that still favors a pill and an operation and right. a eight minute visit without ever asking what it, did you have for breakfast, lunch, or dinner today and what that might impact your health. So mm-hmm. I have fun. Right. And so just on my experience, how I got introduced to Dr. Joel Kahn was through my doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, six years ago, uh, I've been considered an athlete. I was training for a marathon. I, I did um, a physical and I ate pretty well. Not, I'm going to say totally clean, but I ate very well. But my cholesterol is high. And they said, let's do a scan on your heart. And, um, you know, I have plaque. And the score was 13 at the time. And I was like, wow, this is very eye-opening. And the doc wanted, you know, my I, we have history. I want to come back to that, too, about genetics. But my dad has always had problems with his heart and has a, you know, a stint in, in, in himself. But what the doctor, you know, my doctor said was, you know, let's really work on the eating. And they, at the time, he prescribed Crestor. And so I've been on that. 
but he also knew I lived a holistic lifestyle. And I said, you know, at some point in time, I'm going to want to weed off this Crestor. And so two, three years have gone by. I've really changed my diet. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a vegetarian or a vegan, but I eat like one. Um, I'm one that likes still some chicken here once in a while, protein, but I want to talk to you about that too. So when I went back just recently for another scan, no more than three weeks ago for two months, I weeded off the Crestor and said, let's see if we reversed it. Mm-hmm. And to my surprise, we did, which was great. But my doctor was very said, "Listen, you gotta play. You gotta still, con- you know, take in count the genetics. And if you're having any side effects, if you're not having any side effects with the Crestor, I still recommend taking it. And you know, that's when I kind of just, you know, for myself." When the meditation said, really, you know, I'm really blessed with this pill, so I'm going to still take it. And then he said, you, you should contact Dr. Joel Kahn and talk to him and, and you know, talked about, you know, his his philosophy because mm-hmm. you're into this spiritual and holistic lifestyle. Right. And so, you know, I just want to hand over to you, Joel. So in, just in my case, you know, I had some genetics. Um, I've changed my lifestyle and my eating, and I definitely feel healthier. But also I was realizing what was causing maybe a lot of my heart was the stress of daily life of being an entrepreneur and sometimes that it doesn't get taken into account when looking at the heart besides maybe the eating and the genetics of just even though i was working out hard and sweating i was putting probably stress on my heart through my lifestyle being an entrepreneur what have you so i just wanted to kind of get your take on that yeah you know that's jumping right into the topic which is a great topic for listeners about um, although i have a mission to prevent one million heart attacks or education lifestyle change i really only speak to one person at a time so Mm -hmm. the person listening right now i just want to make sure your heart is healthy and you know how to get it healthy Mm -hmm. and that's what i mainly my number one favorite speech to the public blog that i write um, at any time is going to be on that same thing find out if you have any heart issues and, um, you know, take care of them early, 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 like you did. Um, so, you know, the number one heart disease to be fearful of as an adult is clogging of your arteries. And you do not want to wait till you're the CEO of United Airlines in October, who's been on the job for six weeks, very high stress, and has 55 years old, has a massive heart attack. And three months later has a heart transplant because he's destroyed most of his heart. You don't want to wait for that situation or a death or, you know, an emergency room visit. You want to find out really early you're fine or not fine. That's what I specialize in and love to do. If you can catch it early, like every other condition, but it's not cardiology to say, let's catch this disease early and work on it early. We just don't have that program in standard uh, clinics, practices, hospitals, which is kind of sad, but it's all available. So, um, you know, the basics are the fitness, the diet, the sleep, a, a tool for stress management, whether you call that breathing or yoga or meditation or Pilates or um, joy or music or hug your pet or go to church or synagogue, um, you know, managing. But really in my practice, there's now so many data points. I, 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 I go very high touch, but I'm really high tech. I mean, I go over 50, 60 lab values with people mm. that all relate to cardiovascular risk. Half of them weren't available three, four years ago. And there's certain kinds of imaging. So uh, I kind of love that it's, you know, I get to relate to a person, you know, as the total human being, but I'm also not losing my scientific medical background. In fact, I find it accelerating and more exhilarating and you know, we're really unfolding the genius of the human body and understanding pathways we never knew before and generally can do good things with just adding turmeric to your diet or 
mm. or niacin or meditation lowers cholesterol because it lowers cortisol. So you're right. When you were in the high stress rat race, you know, you, you may not have been eating optimally or at least listeners may sometimes stressed out. There's comfort food and mm-hmm. stress, right. ra- stress raises mm-hmm. your cholesterol, stress. You may not sleep as well at night because your mind's racing. Mm-hmm. So you get up in the morning, you don't go to the gym. It mm-hmm. creates a whole cycle that's called the American rat race lifestyle and uh, that's why number one on the list is heart disease is you know an affliction even at a relative young age a lot of 40 year old guys listen to this a lot of 40 45 year old women have silent heart disease and uh, they don't need to be surprised down the road find out now and for the guys listening uh, any sexual impairment erectile dysfunction sometimes there's a first clue so uh, oh, okay. be very attentive to mr weenie and if it's not, <laughs> not responding well that may be a clue three four years before heart trouble develops that circulation in the body is being impacted by stress and maybe genetics and the whole spectrum. So as far as let's let's say an age when maybe if like everything's fine is there a time you say when maybe someone should at least look into that? Yeah you know there's a minimum number of things people should know even in their teens and 20s you should know your blood pressure I mean every day I see people with high blood pressure that don't know it because Mm. it doesn't necessarily make you feel bad so go to a drugstore that offers a free blood pressure machine or maybe a health club or a church or community center fair get your blood pressure checked once every year or two even if you're very young you should know your cholesterol one in 250 to 500 somewhere in that range people so think about um you know a athletic event with 15,000 people. I don't know, that's about, if my math is right, 60, 70, 80 people have a genetic cholesterol abnormality that drives your cholesterol very high to young age. Mm. So if you're if you're 22 and your cholesterol is 350, you should know it. I mean, you need to start looking at your diet seriously, maybe seeing a specialist even. And that's not that uncommon, one in 250 to one in 500 people. So if, uh, you know, just think about mm. a big auditorium at work where there's a couple thousand people, four or five of you are uh, at risk and um, need to know it. You should, blood sugar goes along with weight. So if you're struggling with weight, if your waist is growing, you may be pre-diabetic. That's a disease also you'll have no clue till many months or years that your blood sugar's up. So some of these basics just have to be done, whether it's a health fair, or a corporate wellness event, or you have a primary care doc. Um, in terms of actually nailing down the diagnosis, like what you mentioned, you had a heart scan using CAT scan, a little mm-hmm. bit of radiation. We were cautious about that, but by mid-40s, if there's a family history or a smoking or a cholesterol or a blood pressure or a blood sugar, or in my mind, if you're just really curious, there's a CAT scan that takes under a minute that tells the whole story. And I'm a big advocate. It's called a calcium heart scan. And you and you provide that at your two offices, right? Yeah, actually, I refer that to the hospital. Oh, okay. Because you really want the fastest, badass CAT scanner out there because okay. that's also going to translate to the lowest amount of radiation. So okay. I don't want some rickety, uh, you got to wind up the CAT scanner kind <laughs> of thing. I want the latest, greatest because okay. the exposure to a patient will be the least amount of radiation. Okay. Great. So when you go get physicals, is this something that is normally done where people are looking at that? Or do I have to ask for something special? Yeah, you do need to come prepared because, uh, you know, I'm not an anti-medicine doctor that believes everything's going down the toilet. But I completely get the system, which I kind of left four months ago. We can talk about that in a minute. But of, you know, with reimbursement dropping like a stone, and it has. You still got people you got to pay. You got overhead. Mm -hmm. You got everything else hasn't changed. Uh, One reaction is just trying see more people in a day and our system isn't built to go deep into prevention there just isn't education and very often there isn't the time so you're best to come prepared and ask some questions so 
I'm not shamelessly plugging it, but the book, The Whole Heart Solution, the first book I wrote, is pretty much a primer on what you might want to ask for. And there are even options now with companies like Wellness FX, where you can, you know, Life Extension out of Florida, where you can actually get your own blood work in sort of an advanced way. That would be blood work. But it'd be good to come in and know what a C-reactive protein blood test is, and did you check my vitamin D level, and have I ever had my thyroid hormones checked? And um, you know, if you're a male, you might be interested in knowing what your testosterone is if you're tired, run down, and mm-hmm. uh, not feeling the gym's benefiting your physique as much. And so it's good to come in with a little knowledge, and, and you know, that'd be one resource to create a little list of uh, a checklist. Okay, so don't just go in <clears throat> to your doctor and assume that they're going to tell you everything. Go in there and do some homework and take some, some pride into your body and say, hey, I want to know these things because these things are important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good because... Well, you know, it's not um, an exercise in futility. When I go through these 50 or 60 data points with people, most of them have pretty easy remedies uh, that are simple. I mean, if you're very low in vitamin D, there's a simple remedy. Either get some sunshine or take some vitamin D. Mm-hmm. If you have a genetic abnormality in your metabolism, you might have to take a B-complex vitamin. Yeah, everything's tailored and personalized. Right. But it can really profoundly improve your health and maybe protect you down the road to get a little snapshot of where you're at with today's current technology. Got it. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the fears that people have is, I know a lot of people I've talked to, they don't want to get checked because if I don't know, yeah. then I don't have to do anything. I'm not, I'll be okay. But when somebody does find out that they have a problem and say it's it's more severe, is there hope for them to come back and and be healthy? Or is it just a downward spiral? Yeah, and you, you touched on something I believe is quite accurate, that many, many people are fearful of finding out. Some of my biggest steak and bacon eating friends know what I do and you know they'll tell me I don't want to know right and they're 48 or 52 years old I mean they got enough life ahead of them they should care and they may be fine I mean it's not such a simple equation bacon equals blockage it may be a very bad food choice in my opinion based on some science but nonetheless it doesn't uh, work out that simply so I deal with that all the time I just posted on Facebook this morning I have a Dr. Joel Kahn Facebook page that if hardening of the arteries messed up your face instead of your heart everybody would be checked yeah I mean because it is I mean we'd go for Botox before we'd go for a scan of your heart that might determine and influence your very lifespan and joy and sexual function Mm -hmm. and other things so you got to deal with all that but you know you you know and I know that until a person's ready and willing to take first step all you can do is give them information love on them and uh, go on to the next one and provide you know what they need right right and i think that's important kind of what we're we've been talking about of the spiritual fitness lifestyle yeah. that the heart is almost what we can say is the core so yeah. when you talk about bind up body mind and spirit and we said made it's meditation or prayer but when you want to get to that voice whatever that voice may be or one's belief system if it's intuition or god or universe wherever it comes from it's coming from the heart yeah. it's coming from the right. heart yeah and it's in a lot for a lot of us it's hard to decipher the mind and the heart sometimes right but when we really get to a place of listening to the heart mm-hmm. that's what we should be really you know be proactive right. and take care of it's true and a couple of follow-up comments and very profound ones you asked me a question i didn't directly answer it unbelievable amount of things to do if problems are found okay. i mean okay. so it's again it's not futile and just sharing bad news and leaving a person depressed right. and messing up their life insurance quite the opposite it's you know creating a multifaceted plan one of which is dealing with the emotions and mm-hmm. dealing with the hardness that we tend to develop and not opening up that's certainly part of it that's was from the very beginning part of a 
Dr. Dean Ornish's heart reversal program was, you know, not just unblocking the arteries, but unblocking layers of emotional, you know, uh, hardness that had developed over the years through work and marriages right. and children mm-hmm. or whatever other places they came from. Yeah. Right. So I've had a couple instances where I've had worries about my heart. And usually that happens when once when I was working a really high stress job and I felt like I was having tightness of the chest. I went in the doctor and they said, you know, I took my blood pressure, all that. Everything seemed okay. They couldn't really find anything. They took a, a ultrasound. Mm-hmm. They made me do a stress test. Everything was fine. They said, well, what's going on? Like, well, I've got all the stress at work. Like, well, you might just be stressed. That was probably about seven years ago. Then about four years ago, I got stressed again, went in. I was like, I'm not feeling right. I'm not feeling right. They took the EKG. They did the same kind of stuff, the stress test. And he said, you know, everything looks fine. Your, your blood looks good. Everything looks good. You might be having some sort of stomach problem, like heartburn. I said, okay. So he gave me some heartburn medicine. And I took that and that was fine. But is there any times where that could be misdiagnosed or, or you know, I still worry whenever I feel kind of tight. I'm like, well, what's going on? Yeah, I have an opening in my office. <laughs> I, I was yeah. just going to say, I think you uh, should maybe tell you, pay a visit to the doctor the, here. The answer is, unfortunately, yes. That, okay, yeah, that, that, that would not give me peace of mind that you have been determined to be free of heart disease so okay. get checked it's heart yeah. month it's yeah. february take no take no chances and some it. some of these things are just as simple as could be so it's a shame there's a i'll make another shameless plug but not for me there's a fascinating documentary to watch called the Widowmaker. you can download it on netflix but 70 minutes on why a certain test for the heart that you should have and uh-huh. chris did have is not widely promoted by the medical industry it's economics of course always yeah but it's very recently out and uh, very well done the Widowmaker. so okay turn off ncis turn on the Widowmaker tonight and learn what you need to do to at least get a rudimentary heart check so if so, i come in how much like what kind of range of prices is that i've so it wasn't on the agenda to talk about, but I made a, I made a, uh, I went through two life angsts in 2015 because I planned with my family and we opened a major restaurant that I think we'll talk about. And you don't do that without losing a couple of nights sleep. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, there's no, there's not, no kindness from banks and others no. to uh, help you with your first restaurant. Right. Good luck, son. Tell us how it goes <laughs> right. in a year or two. And then I left traditional medical practice in that. I gave up all insurances. I got, frankly, frustrated with spending 10 minutes a patient and all. And I've opened a very unique boutique practice in suburban Detroit where I spend an hour to hour and a half with people. I have a Nutribullet on my desk, and we have hemp seeds and chia seeds and flax mm-hmm. seeds, and we go from very high tech to very practical what are you going to do tomorrow morning to improve your health nutrition and such and um, it's in the range of about five hundred dollars to see me but okay. people use their hsa and all and i tell them i'm right next to the premier veterinary hospital in suburban detroit and i charge the same as a veterinarian i really do mm-hmm. well and i think that's the point is that we spend so much on, like i loved your botox example yeah. we spend so much money on looking good or buying clothes or doing workouts and the gym, but to really find out what's going on with our body, it's a very small investment. It is, and it's almost like a must to do. You know, I mean, when you really think about it, I mean, you're investing in your heart. Right. I think that's just one of the challenges with with the way we view healthcare is that we say, oh, it's an expense instead of really an investment in yourself and in your body, just like all the other practices we talk about during the spiritual fitness stuff that we talk about on the show. Um, And I go into that with my patients. I mean, we talk a lot about stress and social support and, you know, 
those structures that used to be out there, most of my patients say they don't have any more extended families, right. strong church connections, you know, tight mm-hmm. neighborhoods with you know neighbors they know really intimately well. It's a lot of loneliness out mm-hmm. there, and yeah. it just yeah. adds to you know the whole situation. You know? Yeah, yeah. And we've talked about that in previous yeah. shows as far as the spiritual, you know, fitness lifestyle is to be part of some sort of community. Absolutely. If it's through you know John with martial arts or myself with yoga or some sort of men's group, right. but having that sense of community. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people keep we. Like you said, we, we build walls. We keep stuff inside. And until you go out there and find the information and open yourself up to learn that stuff, you're, mm-hmm. you could be doing some damage. Absolutely. I, mean, I, I, I call myself, I'm a professor at Wayne State University and also at Beaumont University. But I speak a lot about being the broke professor because, you know, guys tighten up and guys right. don't have, you know, I see women walking for hours chatting away. You know, how often do you see <laughs> yeah. two guys? Just, I know I know one pair of guys that talk like that for hours walking, but how many of the rest of us really have a place we can let down and let it loose and share and feel right. comfortable? Mm-hmm. And it's pretty unusual. And I mean, I kind of talk about to the bros, and the, I'm the professor in terms of just standards, male health heart and otherwise but uh, it does clearly get over into the emotional side of things you know and uh, right yeah you, you bottle it all up and that does have health consequences yeah so i'd love to you know shift gears a, just a little bit that goes along with a healthy heart um you know as far as eating and in yeah. eating the right foods and joel uh and his son and wife have opened a, a wonderful restaurant in ferndale the green green space cafe uh and as someone uh, for myself, who mentioned that, you know, I, I wouldn't say I don't class myself as a vegan or vegetarian, but I eat like one. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you by being at that restaurant, I can eat that food all day long, 24 hours a day. And it's really a fabulous place. And I think, I guess, Joel, maybe for the average listener out there, you know, any any tips as far as diet, just on the diet front or the type of foods we should be really eating and, and, and the liquids we should be drinking on a, on a daily basis? You know, it's... <clears throat> Certainly very pertinent to the theme of this uh, conversation we're having. I view my plate, and just speaking to myself, not trying to offend anybody. I mean, there's three legs on which my plate stands. One is the environment, and we got, you know, it's just it's just important to talk about as we're moving towards 10 billion people on this planet in the next 20 to 30 years. Then where are we, how are we feeding 10 billion people when mm-hmm. we've got issues feeding 7.5 billion right now? And there's no doubt that, you know, the United Nations and other, you know, bodies that have no, you know, vegan orientation or plant-based orientation have said we need to be shifting, you know, more and more plant-based sources of calories because it's easier on the environment to grow them. So that's one aspect of it. You know, carbon footprint being as low as it can be and all that aspects of life but uh food is probably the simplest one i mean you know maybe the choice of car you drive being the second but there's actually more impact on the environment by the way you eat day after day and you know a plant-based diet is by far the most friendly too i mean the the nature of which most animals are raised for food production and we all know is horrible Mm -hmm. we don't talk about it we don't think about it um you know and we think grass-fed beef and free-range chicken and line-caught fish are superior to you know what tyson's and other horrible companies are doing but there is some still some issue with that how much better i mean there just is a concern about antibiotics and animal products and uh something a very unusual chemical for public knowledge called 
POPS, persistent organic pollutants, things like PCBs, dioxin, they accumulate in fish, sadly. So it's unclear that that line caught fish out of the ocean still doesn't hmm. have a higher concentration of toxins than 30, 40 years ago. We've done a real good number to the uh, planet and the environment. I mean, you can go to you know the Arctic Circle and catch a fish that has uh, DDT in it. I mean, that's been documented. It's just tragic, but the waters are all connected and communicate. And then the third leg is the health leg. And there's no doubt a well-constructed, totally plant-based diet with a little B12, maybe vitamin D, is a wonderful thing for kids, adults, and the elderly, pregnant moms. But, I mean, I'm sensitive to the fact that there's a diversity of, uh, you know, food approaches. I'm friends with the paleo. I'm friends with the Mediterranean movement. I've chosen my own life to be totally plant-based, and we constructed a restaurant that, uh, by its, uh, you know, ordering and inventory is 100% plant-based and non-GMO. Um, you know, we wanted a niche of the market that wasn't totally being addressed, though we're still a fun place because we got a full liquor license and you yeah. can have your lentil farro burger and fall off your bar seat after three or four <laughs> beers if you want to. We'll uh, get you. Um, I've had that burger. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank I, you was gonna, I thought Thank you were going to say you had the beer. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, I think if you said what is the single best dietary pattern to follow, um, I think it is a totally plant-based diet. But there is some data that adding fish and pescatarian has some medical support. And I'm a scientist as well as an animal rights activist and the rest. So I have to respect the science when even when it doesn't favor my standpoint. So, um, you know, I tell people lately, you know, the, the magic is a crap ton. Mm -hmm. eat a crap ton of fruit and a crap ton of vegetables and everything else you eat will be balanced to some degree now uh, that may offend some it's just a fun word that i found a lot of millennials are using they, don't, <laughs> they sometimes don't use it as crap ton they start it with the letter f and use the same sort of technology but you know you have to i mean the common bridge has to be really not that far strangely from the usda food plate right now where 50 percent of your plate supposed to be fruit and vegetables every meal they recommend a quarter of your plate be whole grains every meal whole wheat pasta uh, ezekiel kind of whole grain breads just not refined foods and a quarter of your plate you can decide what you want to do i put beans on mine you put fish on yours you know that's the giant chasm i see in nutrition and i'm glad you brought that up because someone that that it's something that and I'm slowly being, I think, converted here. <laughs> yeah, I, I see it. But is, you know, is, is, I've always, just because of the physical fitness aspect, I want to make sure I'm getting enough protein. But um, so someone who is um, on a plant-based, is, is what are the big protein dishes one could, like, substitute that wild-caught fish or that chicken? For, like, what could be the substitute for that? Yeah, you know, for the protein. So, you know, without any humor, but clearly a little, there's the number one question, somebody who announces to the family, uh, you know, <laughs> that they're going plant-based is where do you get your protein? And it's like everybody gets a PhD in nutrition the minute you right. decide to make a journey, whether it be spiritual or uh, ethical or, uh, or uh, health-derived. And, of course, there's tremendous amount of resources for anybody who might want to pursue. Uh, my favorite program for patients that want to get started is called the 21daykickstart.org. It's a free website that lays out a three-week eating plan, begins the first of every month, run by a medical organization that sells you nothing. 21daykickstart.org. So that's, you know, I tell them to get started and everybody starts asking, where's your protein? And the reality is, again, with the exception of calling Skittles, chips, and Oreos a vegan diet, which, you know, is a common kind of teenage way to address it. I'm so repulsed by eating animals, but they're left with eating chips and uh, cookies. That's not going to crush it. 
But any whole food constructed diet is going to provide the protein. You know, I'm very good friends with Rich Roll, world class mm-hmm. ultra marathoner, um, Hillary Biscay, the current leading uh, ultra marathoner for women in their 30s. I mean, these are totally plant based. Uh, Derek Treesize, a weightlifter who wins championships, they are all doing it completely on well constructed uh, um, programs. Most of them don't use protein powders. I mean, they're eating beans and nuts and seeds and um, lots of greens, and these are very rich uh, algaes, chlorella. Um, you know, blue-green algae is very rich in protein. So there simply doesn't seem to be a real issue with it. And, you know, the trade-off is what, you know, the, 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 the comedy would be, where do you get your protein? And I ask them, where do you get your Cialis? Because you're probably going to need it if you keep <laughs> knocking down those uh, turkey burgers right. and hot dogs. Um, you're going to clog something up, and that's, again, usually where it shows up first. So, you know, what do you give up? You give up saturated fat, you give up cholesterol if you're not eating animal products, and you have a lower risk of developing and dying of heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. I mean, that's a scientific statement uh, published as recently about two weeks ago in major studies. So you gain a lot. But um, would everybody feel their best if they ate a well-constructed plant-based diet? I mean, I'm sensitive to people that say they didn't feel their best and they felt more energetic when they added back a little bit of animal. I don't completely understand that. I don't know if they were missing some nutrients, if they were taking their B12, their vitamin D. I didn't look at their dietary log. But I think, you know, for anybody listening and wanting to try that 21-day Kickstarter would be a good place. And, um, you know, I usually see the opposite. Gosh, I feel more energy. I'm, you know, I've lost ten pounds. I'm kind of this whole thing has helped me. And and if you've seriously got a medical problem, you may accidentally get off your medication and uh, control your issues without you know prescription drugs. That is possible, and I have many many patients that have done that. You know, real reversal of disease. You know, adult diabetes can be reversed. Nobody tells a patient that. They tell them that it has to be managed for the rest of your right. life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Take this pill. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but there is, without doubt, I mean, hundreds of examples in the city of Detroit are walking, talking people. They're engineers and they're accountants and they're school teachers and they used to be diabetics and they never will be again. I mean, that's kind of exciting, wonderful stuff. That is. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah, I would just say if you're in the Oakland County area, check out uh, the restaurant Green Space Cafe in Ferndale. It is a great restaurant and great atmosphere. Awesome. I'm going to have to go with the food. We should go lunch one day. You yeah. should take me there. Well, are you now? Are you open for lunch yet, Joel, or nah, just or just dinners? Yeah, just dinners Tuesday to Saturday, five to whenever. Brunch coming very soon. Great. Lunch will be the next thing, but probably spring. Okay. Awesome. And then you know we might have a follow up show here, John, if you go visit uh, Doctor Joel yeah, here, here in the near that. future. Once I t- once my wife hears this pod, <laughs> it's I'm going. So. <laughs> Well, I've been very. This is this was a great show. Very exciting and uh, very grateful to have Joel. The education, you know, here is priceless, and hope just our listeners take to what he's saying and just implement. You know, make a few of these implementations that you can start right away with. Yeah. So, where could our listeners find more information about you, your books, and just to get in touch? Yeah, probably the single one place to go to. I have a website, drjoelkahn.com, but that's D-R-J-O-E-L-K-A-H-N.com. You can take it to my books, take it to my clinic, take Great. it to zillions of blogs that I have and continue to write you know, on a regular basis, some Fox TV stuff I do in Detroit, fun stuff. Awesome. Well, we'll also post it on chrisforte.com as well as we'll put it out when we put the, uh, the podcast out on iTunes. We'll put all your information out there for all the listeners. Thank you again so much. This has been great having you on the show. Tons of information. Thank you. Um, I think more than we even yeah. bargained for. It. It's great. So thanks a lot. Uh, next week, we've got another guest lined up. Make sure that you tweet us at the Warrior Pod. We want to hear what you're eating this week. Until next week. Live brave. 
Join us next week for the next episode of the Humble Warrior Podcast. Subscribe to the Humble Warrior Podcast by visiting chrisforte.com.